When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in to the PHNX Suns postgame show brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's number one sportsbook app. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast and leave us a five-star review. I'm Lindsay Smith here with Espo and Saul Bookman. We will be joined later on in the show by Gerald Bourget, who is down at the Footprint Center right now. And guys, we're celebrating Devin's 26th birthday with a win because him and the Phoenix Suns took down the Houston Rockets 124 to 109. A great way to celebrate a 26th birthday. This one felt like a uh, you know traditional Suns win from last year where they played with their food for a while and then they decided, <laughs> I guess we'll turn it on with about five minutes left and they blew the doors off of Houston. And without Devin Booker, this would have been a much, uh, much worse night. That's for sure. Uh, I mean... Houston's a young team. I, I mean, if you didn't expect this, then I don't, I don't know what, what you were expecting. Um, this is exactly what I anticipated. So, I mean, I thought it was funny that in the last like three minutes, they decided to really put it on and show out. And then the score obviously looks a little bit more drastic than what we actually saw throughout this game. I'll give Houston a little bit of credit. I mean, like you said, the Suns seemed like they were playing with their food a little bit, but I'll give Houston a little bit of credit. They did make the Suns work for this win tonight. It wasn't like they came in and just steamrolled the Rockets for the entire game. They kept, they did a decent job of keeping it close. Yeah, and if you remember early season last year, Houston uh, had a similar game. I think it was in Houston where they gave the Suns a, a little bit of a challenge and the Suns pulled away late in the game. And, uh, you know, that's just a, a lot of heart and hustle from those young guys. So no problem for me with, with any of this, this was just that, you know, Houston, Houston working their ass off and the Suns, uh, you know, answering as much as they could and, and taking care of business in the end. I mean, all that matters is you have one more point than Houston uh, and, and they still won by double digits. So I think this was, Nothing to be worried about in any way with those uh, how they performed in those first three quarters. And Devin Booker, again, just methodical. I mean, he, he struggled in his first seven shots. I think he was two for uh, two for seven or and then came out and I just kind of figured out how to how to pick apart the Houston defense and got everything he wanted throughout the night. Sorry, guys. Uh, if you leave the sink on and forget about it and you start to hear it in the background, that's a problem. <laughs> I just assumed somebody knocked on your door and was staring at you through the window, like in pregame. So. Right. No, 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 no. That's, that's, that's on me. Well, at least you remembered or heard that the sink was on before the end of postgame and you didn't have like a flood or something on your hands and your water bill is not out of control. So that's a positive. But back to Devin Booker, <laughs> the birthday boy. So he had 21 points at halftime. He finished with 31 
And this is his second 30-plus point birthday game. He had 31 on his 23rd birthday. Or no, he finished with 30 tonight. Excuse me. I had one. I gave him one extra point. But he did have 31 on his 23rd birthday. So it seems like Devin really enjoys playing on his birthday. And, and thank goodness, because we get quite a few birthday games for him. Yeah, yeah. Devin probably would have had 50 tonight if he would have just, you know, hit more than just one three. He just he really struggled from the perimeter. But again, he's so methodical everywhere else that it just doesn't really matter. Uh, I think it, it, the, the whole team just felt like they were really never really phased by the Rockets. That's because of Devin Booker, you know, well, and Chris Paul. You know, they just have this calm way about them that they don't get rattled. And when you're playing a young team with a lot of like fight, um, you know, and, and young kids, they don't know shit, and and they'll they'll come at you a million different ways, a million different times until you put them away. Um, you know, you, you have to just be poised and under control. And that's exactly what the Suns team is. It's, it's very much like what Espo said. It's very much like last year where it's just, they play with their food for a little bit, but I don't even think, feel like they were really playing with their food. They just weren't connecting from deep really. And, and, and those shots when they're not falling can make it feel like you're playing with your food, but, uh, cause they can't get the momentum going to really go on large runs. Yeah. I mean, I, Look, a less composed team would have uh, would have let that rattle them, right? When you're not hitting your threes the way they couldn't hit them, and then you're playing a, a pesky young squad like Houston, uh, those are the kind of nights that that teams of lesser ilk would just lose composure and would lose that yeah. game. And the Suns still don't have that in them. I, you know, remember. Three weeks ago, we're talking about an entire basketball world that thinks this team is in trouble. They have no, they have chemistry issues. They can't. They're not going to be good because they're not going to be able to figure out how to hold this together with everything going on. And what did they do? They've come out the gates five and one and done everything that they've done the last few years, where things don't rattle them. They just go about their business uh, and they take care of things. And, and that's that's this Phoenix Sun squad. That's that's Devin Booker and Chris Paul to a T as well. I mean, they take on the personality of those two guys. Mm -hmm. As Eric said, still blew them out despite the struggles. And I think that's one of my favorite things about Devin's growth as a player and a leader on this team is just how cool and collected he can remain throughout any game in any situation for the most part. Of course, emotions get high at certain times, but... He seems to be pretty, like they always say, never too high, never too low. He keeps it pretty even majority of the time. And I think that's so important, not just for his own growth and his personal game, but like you said, how the team takes on how he's feeling, how Chris Paul's feeling. And we've got a newer bench this year that we all had concerns about. It's important for them to feel secure in their own roles. And I think that starts with Devin allowing them to feel secure, like from a team perspective. Devin would be averaging a double double if Chris Paul would help him out scoring wise. <laughs> I was watching that tonight to see how many of Chris Paul's assists were going to Devin Booker, and at least half of them do, um, which is very interesting because you know obviously he's, I mean he's routinely in the double digits. It's because he knows who to get the ball to all the time, you know. It's and and that guy is Devin Booker, and then Devin. He Devin at the end of the game, I thought he made a lot of great uh, plays because the Houston defense was really focusing on him. They're trying to cut off the drives, and he was kicking out. And he had several guys on some nice plays. Uh, sometimes those guys didn't come through for him. But again, Devin is 
I, point book, no. But Devin as a playmaker, yes. And I think Devin has really grown into that part. I loved how the Suns tonight on multiple occasions were running sets uh, and they were initiated by many different players. It wasn't just it wasn't just uh, Devin. It wasn't just CP3. It was Mikhail had had run some sets on on his own, bringing the ball up, which I I hadn't really seen too much before. I've seen him bring the ball up, but he he was never the one to initiate the offense. And I saw that a couple of times tonight. So that's a nice little variety of things that we're starting to see to try and alleviate some of the pressure for for CP3, which is obviously a point of emphasis here in the early going. Yeah, and that's I mean, something Monty had mentioned in the preseason, like wanting to put more of that emphasis on other players not named Chris Paul. So it's good to see that in the first handful of games here in the season, we're starting to see that evolve. Like, like you said, you went from seeing Mikel bring the ball up, but now you're seeing Mikel bring the ball up and play make. And if they continue down that trajectory, we're going to be a really well-oiled machine <coughs> and quite dangerous down the road of this season. Yeah, and so to your point with Devin Booker, I mean, you saw it in the fourth, his maturation. In the past, he'd try to force the issue to get to the hoop there in the fourth. He drew four defenders and no look past it to McHale for an open three that really busted this thing open late there. And that's that's where you want Devin Booker to be the playmaker, to draw that defense in, to find the guys on the perimeter. And, uh, you know, I, I like seeing that. It's a yet another thing that Devin has worked to improve on. And we've seen that year after year. There's those little things that, that he makes a, a point of emphasis in the offseason. And I think making the right play there is one of those this year. So, I, like you said, I don't want to see point book, but I want to see that more from Devin Booker. As well. well, I mean, and think about this. The, the ultimate goal is to get to the playoffs and, and make a run in the playoffs. And, I, I mean, I feel like Monty is, is developing this team to a point where if CP3 should go down, like he has done in previous playoff runs, they're going to be okay. No panic because we've been doing this all season. Mikhail, bring the ball up. Cam, bring the ball up. Uh, campaign, bring the ball up. Like uh, a book, initiate the offense. They're, they're going to be just fine. Makes me feel better as a fan to watch that they, they're preparing this team for the inevitable, um, well, the inevitable playoff run, hopefully. Uh, not the inevitable Chris Paul injury. Hopefully that never happens. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's, it's just, you know, there's a process. Unlike the Cardinals, the Suns actually have a plan of how to execute things at a high level, which I very much appreciate after today's events. Which makes me feel even better, though, because after what we saw in the playoffs last year, we were starting to, to really question Monty. Even though he won Coach of the Year and everything, we all started to question Monty as a head coach and his ability to make adjustments, his ability to go to another guy when somebody isn't capable of delivering what they're supposed to be delivering. I feel so much more secure this year. I know, again, a small sample size, but I'm starting to already feel more secure in the longevity of this team than I was last year. There's a lot of time sitting out there on that farm by yourself. You know what I mean? So you start to think about all these things that you could have done better. And uh, this is the result. Um. I'm going to wait, right? It, it's all about, it's good when you're five and one, but if campaign struggles, uh, are you going to go away from him? Are you going to give Dwayne Washington Jr. minutes in that case? Uh, all these things, like it's easy to go, hey, adjustments are great when things are going good. 
But what happens when times get a little tough? That's when I want to see it but, before before I give Monty the free pass. Or, but so. but what I'm saying is is like he he's he's attempting to try and, and manipulate these things mm -hmm. to get it developed. I hope. Listen, I don't care if they win 64 games this year. I don't. I, I really don't give a shit. I just want, and I don't care if they lose games that are close. But you're you're trying things out in preparation for the toughest of the tough when we get to the playoffs. That's the that's the process, right? That's that's the other side of hard is trying to get yourselves ready for those difficult moments. And you're going to have to do that through some tough times. You're going to have to learn with a loss every now and then. And that's okay. As long as there's still a plan and you can see that plan kind of working itself through, that's all we could really ask for. All right, we got a couple cool tidbits for our guy, Devin Booker, tonight. So we mentioned this in the pregame show, but I'll mention it again here on the postgame show. Um, Devin obviously turned 26 today, and he officially lands sixth on the list of NBA players who have scored the most points before their 26th birthday with 11,363. He only trails LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Carmelo Anthony, Tracy McGrady, and Kobe Bryant in that order. and of all players who have scored 10K or more points before 20, before turning 26, he's one of three who also did so while averaging four and a half assists per game. It's him, Michael Jordan, and LeBron James on that list. Kudos to Devin Booker for these accomplishments. Just another notch in his belt as far as his career goes here in the NBA. I feel like every season, it's something that we're talking about of him checking off a box of some accomplishment that he's been able to grab, and it's pretty cool. Yeah, that yeah. That, that that graphic, obviously, or that stat was courtesy of Bally Sports. They showed it on the broadcast, and as soon as I saw that, I was like, holy shit. I mean, you're in the same category of as two of the greatest players of all time. Like, that's a pretty good list to be on. Uh, so, I. I'm not going to lie. I got pretty excited when I saw Michael Jordan Booker in the same sentence. I was like, okay, all right, this is good. This is good. Yeah. The next time somebody tells you Devin Booker's overrated online or says anything like that, just slap that graphic in the reply. You don't even have to say anything. When you're in the same category as MJ and LeBron uh, for what you've done before the age of 26, yeah, you're damn good. Mm -hmm. uh, we got a couple comments about it in the chat. Josh said, imagine being in such incredible company. MJ and LeBron must feel honored. <laughs> Love that. And then Eric said, Booker is legendary. Mike B said, Book's just getting started, baby. Like, you guys, we're really like, it's just, can you, we've got Devin Booker on our team and he's locked in for quite a few years. We're going to end up being spoiled when it comes to Devin and the accolades that he throws at us throughout the rest of his career. I, I think what we're, what we're starting to see, and, and I'll be honest at before, you know, in 2018, when I saw this team for the first time, after taking a little bit of a son's hiatus, if you will, I was like, Oh shit. Why did I come back for this year? <laughs> and it was rough. And I, every, everybody in, in, in planet orange or whatever we're going to call ourselves, they were, they were all about Devin Booker. Devin Booker was the one, right? When I watched it, I was like, we got, we still got a long way to go. Devin Booker is now officially for me gotten to the point now where it's no longer about how many points you're scoring a game. It's no longer about the accolades. He's going to get those. 
for me, it's what is he going to do now in, in those big, high-profile pro, situations that is going to take him to the ultimate legendary status, the game winners on national TV, the huge games that are just insane, uh, like, like you see Steph have. We've seen glimpses of that when the Suns made their run in the finals, the triple-double against the Clippers in the Western Conference Finals, big-time game against the Bucks. even though he turned the ball over in Game 5. Before that, Devin Booker was making some incredible plays, including a, a three-pointer that I've never seen anybody quite make before in my life. It was just an insane shot. So he has that in him, and I just feel like if we can get one more run going here in the playoffs – it's going to take him to a whole nother level, especially if the Suns win a championship. Suns win a championship, everybody else in the NBA can shut the fuck up because Devin Booker is the best two guard in the NBA, which I think he is right now anyway. Well, I think that moment's going to come in the All-Star game. I think Devin wins it an All-Star MVP. I think, he, I think he shows out that much because he understands that whole weekend, all the eyes are on the league, and if he can go out there in that game and show it off, it'll be uh, – be something special so i got i got february circled in my calendar before we get to the playoffs but uh i gotta give jackson fry one of our girthlings in the chat some love here uh he said had some ogs just accidentally watched the whole pregame show i assume he means thinking it was the postgame show so jackson <laughs> thank you for supporting ogs and us and uh welcome to the postgame show uh, do we i'm just i haven't heard it for a while I, some other people reference it as Planet Orange. Do we still call each other Planet Orange? It's the is that valley old? now, baby. Gone? It's the valley, right? It's the valley. I think a lot of it depends on what you grew up listening to. Um, because John Bloom's been on the radio, friend of the program, of course, for a really long time. And on his posting, post-game shows, he, he loves still says Planet, Planet Orange. Orange. So yeah. That's his, yeah. He will never not that. say Planet Orange. But that's that's... That's what the Suns are for him. Like he's been, that's been a thing for him for years. So I won't knock anybody for saying Planet Orange, but I personally think that we're at a point where it's kind of like Planet Orange was like our our previous chapter. The new yeah. chapter is the Valley. Yeah. Let, okay. Let me make this very, very clear and not mince any words. Planet Orange was stupid. The Valley is cool. <laughs> All right. And if you're of a certain age like myself, they were the purple gang from Phoenix. Now, I don't know if we could still call them that, but that's that what they were back in the day. So <laughs> give me the valley now. Uh, screw Planet Orange. <laughs> okay. Spicy, Espo. Oh, um, Connor brings up the hashtag, the timeline, and that was dark. <laughs> I was even that was came up with that. And that, that, that time was dark. It is the valley, and let's forget that the timeline existed. And screw Planet Orange. Oh my gosh. Um uh Eric, no, who Cesar in the chat said, is Valley Boys dead? I feel like it is. I yes. Think it is. Valley I Boys kind of died. I feel like when, we, we when Kelly when Kelly left. Season. I think we kept it for one season after Kelly left, but now I Yeah, but nobody really used it. They didn't really promote it or anything. Mm -hmm. I feel like when Kelly left, Valley Boys died. Yeah, yeah, they suffocated it when it went to when he went to Oakland. So it it drowned it, it drowned in the tsunami in Aww. in the bay. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, Albert, another great comment here from the Girthlings. Use I'm used to listening to the pod on one and a half speed. You all sound different. You all sound so weird at normal speed. We can pick it up for you to help you, Albert. Is this something more normal? Is that what you want? Or are we really just doing this because you didn't have any OGs to slow us down? 
<laughs> I can't talk that fast. That's too much. <laughs> um, but speaking, reminiscing a little bit on years past, Eli said, I remember getting a free Suns ticket when I bought a fountain drink. Those were some dark times. But Chris reminds us, aren't you glad you did that, though? This point is so much sweeter after the pain. It, it does. There is something special about being there through the dark days and then finally being able to turn the corner with the team versus just coming in when the team is good, which like, listen, y'all can throw shade if you want at people who jump back on the team when they got better. I really don't care as long as we're all rooting for the Suns. But there is something a little bit special about being there through the thick, the thick and the thin of it. And then now being able to enjoy this moment with our friends and our families. Yeah. Well, it, it's also because Devin Booker, you know, just to get back to the original point, Devin Booker being on this team gives us hope for the next decade. Um, and I think because of what ha has transpired the last three years, you see the light. We're, we're in the middle okay. of the light at the end of the tunnel, right? Like we want to win a championship. We hope we can get there. I feel like this team definitely has the parts to be able to do it. They just need, I think, one or two more moves and then they'll solidify that. And, and then when Chris Paul goes, you still got Devin, you still got DA, you still got Mikhail, you still got Cam, like, Things are moving in a very positive direction, and who knows what's going to happen with the ownership. But Devin Booker is the catalyst. He is the cornerstone of this franchise right now. And to me, obviously, Espo, you and I have talked about it. Lindsay, we've talked about it. Devin Booker right now, it would shock me, barring injury or anything like that, he will be the best son of all time. It's just he's yeah. already there almost. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think, honestly, depending on your age, he is the best son in your eyes. I think if you're a little bit older and you remember those 90s eras and all those type of things, then maybe it's a little bit hard-pressed for you to admit that right now. But by the time Book is is done and over with with his career, he absolutely will be. Steve, Steve Nash has two MVPs. That's the only pause, uh, even though Steve never got to the um, not never got to the finals. But he did have two MVPs, and that's that's a pretty big deal. Yeah. yeah. Look, one of my favorite movies of all time is uh, Vanilla Sky. And there's a line in it that the sweet isn't as sweet without the sour. And that's Devin Booker uh, to a T. He went through the tough times and I think he appreciates now more than ever. And and the hard work's paying off for him, too. And to me, look, he I am one of those older guys you reference, uh, you know, Lindsay. And to me, he has solidified himself as the greatest son. I think it'll become very apparent this season with or without a title. I think it'll become very apparent. I mean, for the first six games, he has 30 point games. I mean, it's something that's never been done uh, in Phoenix. Uh, like this guy, this guy is special. So appreciate it. And I think the fans do. So. Yeah, absolutely. And because of all those things that we just said about him and his performance tonight on his birthday, Devin is our Draft King, King of the Game, round of applause for him. Congratulations. Not only is he the birthday boy, but he dropped 30 points tonight. He had six assists, and he was 14 of 24 from the field. Congratulations, Devin, on being named our Draft King, King of the Game. Do you guys think that we need to put another, um, like, like a certain bar that Devin has to reach? Like we did late last year to be named king of the yeah, game. Yeah, I think I, I think for Devin, we I think it's it's a it's kind of a, a known that he has to have at least thirty. Like that's the that's the bar. Because okay, well, Devin's thirty five. 
No, I think 30 is good because, you know, if he has a tremendous fourth quarter and he has 30, I don't want to short shortchange him. But, yeah, or definitely Or if he 30. has 30 and then they pull him early in the fourth quarter, whereas if he yeah. had played his normal amount of minutes, he could have had 40, then that's kind yeah. of like – Yeah, that, that's right. definitely the bar because the, the, the second guy that was in line to get this was, was going to be Jock mm-hmm. um, because of how phenomenal he was really in that, that second and third quarter. Um, but I digress. Yeah. We will get into Jock, and we will yeah, talk about the that's big That's why ones. I stopped. <laughs> but first, let me tell you guys about the DraftKings Sportsbook app. New customers right now who download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and sign up using the promo code PHNX can make any $5 NBA Moneyline bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. All customers can also boost your winnings up to 100% with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. It's super simple. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app again. Make sure you use that promo code PHNX because it'll get you a chance to win those $200 in free bets. It helps us out a lot. So really, it's just a win-win all around. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Did any of us um, hit on our DraftKings picks in the pregame show? Nope. Saul and I missed on ours. I think I did. Uh, Gerald didn't because I'm not sending a happy birthday tweet to anybody other than Jock Landell. I was going to ask, are you going to send a birthday wish? I mean, I feel like I DM'd him. I don't need to send it publicly. <laughs> okay, I say, fine. Whatever you I say. say. Hey, book, happy birthday, man. I don't he was do like... it for the likes. I do it because <laughs> I like you. <laughs> he was like, I don't remember this guy. Give <laughs> this. <laughs> On to the next one. I thought you were going to say, guys, are we going to? Are we going to jump in the car tonight and go see if we can find Devin Booker's party or what? We uh, you thought I was going to say that? Yeah, I thought you were going to say that. Lindsay and I are already going, Saul. I'm sorry you didn't get the invite. Espo, I don't believe for a second that even if you had an invite right now, you would go on a Sunday night. Right, no. <laughs> no, there's not, not a chance. <laughs> oh, I would. <laughs> Book's my bro. I go out there for him. Um. Yeah, no, I don't think we should drive around Phoenix trying to find what might be his Halloween birthday party this evening. We're not even 100% sure. I am just meeting, making an educated guess that he'll be having his Halloween birthday bash because of years past. Always seems to have one. But hopefully tomorrow or Tuesday we'll get some really great pictures and see what all the guys dressed up as. Also, real quick, before we move on to the big man, I do want to tell you guys that we are teaming up with Four Peaks to host all U.S. and Mexico World Cup matches at their 8th Street Pub. This is going to be a great time, so plan to come out and hang out with us for all of those games. You can enjoy beer specials, giveaways, guest appearances, and so much more. Check the link in the show notes right now to register for free um, and make that a plan to come out and watch those games with all of us. It's going to be a blast. I don't know if you guys have ever been to um, any big events for those games, but they are always wild and rowdy and it is so fun. So again, that's our friends over at Four Peaks, their brewery in eight, uh, on the on 8th Street. And if you haven't tried their beer, you should absolutely try it. It's delightful. Good ASMR there, Espo. But just a reminder, you do have to be 21 years or older to enjoy their beer, and we ask you enjoy responsibly. Did you I spill did on not just <laughs> spill that all over myself <laughs> in the home studio. Oops. Um, did, uh, Lindsay, did you tell the people that uh, they can use promo code PHNX for DraftKings? Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Twice. All right. She I think I said it twice. She's a pro. I was just making sure. Before we move to the One more reminder. 
PHNX, y'all. Yeah, yeah. Show notes for details. There you go. But <laughs> by the way, before we move on to the big men, Charles understands how I roll. He says LMAO Espo bringing the tub to the club so Devin Booker can hang in it. So <laughs> I like that. I feel like you had to be in the know around summer league in order to uh get that <laughs> joke. Okay. But by the way, I have some beef with the girthlings. All right. Okay. They, they know the drill. They know they got to get these likes up before I shout and wake up my child in the other room. And uh, they're just lazy tonight. The, the, they're just not there tonight. And it's uh, it's disappointing me. We're at we got uh, 210 people in the live watching this. 33 likes. You guys are are just disappointing tonight. Get get better. Yeah. Y'all got to get those likes up. I mean, how many times have we told you? Like it, it's just, it's good for you. It's good for us. It's, this is a community based thing. Hit that like button y'all. I like to think that we're just good enough and people will just naturally hit that like button because we've told them, Hey, you hit the like button. It helps. But now we're pandering to the crowd and trying to get them to get Espo to scream and shout at the top of his lungs. Sorry, Saul, but the people listen when I speak, we're already up to 57 likes just from that. Okay, for real, for real this time, let's talk about the big man. Obviously, DeAndre in did not play tonight because of that ankle sprain he suffered on Friday night. He's going to be reevaluated in a week, and then we'll have an update for you guys around that time. But as of right now, DA will not be playing for at least a week. Hopefully, knock on wood, not much longer than that. Bismack Biombo did get the start tonight and he came out of the gates. This one was so wild to me. I think a lot of people were like a little bit confused because he got a foul on the opening tip off and that rarely happens. Yeah. I don't think he was the one that committed the foul, but good old Billy uh, was the one that blew the whistle on that one. And it was just like, come on, man, that was bullshit. Yeah. I've never seen a foul on the opening tip. I don't think I have. I've been watching basketball 30 plus years and I don't think I've ever seen that. Yeah, but I will say it did seem to wake up a monster in Bismack because he had two blocks in Houston's first two possessions right after that. It seems like he got real upset and was like, fine, well, then we're just going to play this game this way. And he also finished with five blocks tonight, which is Pretty incredible by him. He only had five points and five rebounds, though. But those five blocks, I'll take that. He had a 5-5-5. He did. Five points, five rebounds, five blocks. Who does he think he is? Draymond Green? It's a good thing (laughs) he wasn't 6-6-6. Yikes. But, unfortunately, Bismack did get into a little bit of foul trouble there early on. And we got to see Jock, which ended up being a really enjoyable experience, I think, for everyone who watched this game. Uh, Jock Landell came in. And uh, we got to see him run with the starters for a little bit. In the first half, he had six rebounds. Five of them were offensive rebounds and 16 points. So, uh, And obviously, he finished out the game really well um, as well. How do you guys think Jock held up today being put into different positions than we've seen him in so far? I mean, Jock was the cat. Oh, go ahead. I was just to say, man, Landell was special. The energy... I sold more Landell landing lots tonight than I have in a very long time. That first half was spectacular. And if he didn't get that fourth foul uh, early there, I think he would have been 20, 25, uh, because he would have gotten a lot of those minutes that Bismarck had to play. And then they had to go a little bit smaller at times as well. I just, uh, 
that's what you were looking for. And we talk about how we all thought the bench might not be very good. There's two reasons that they have been. The reemergence of campaign and the fact that Landell has played next level. Hustle, heart, and uh, you know rebounds, points, defense. He's done everything out there for this team. And then you even saw uh, on, a, on a couple of plays, they'd cut to the bench and he's there standing next to a DA and they're both losing their minds. So they're also, he's also great on the bench. He gives you that Alan Williams uh, vibe too. So you get a little everything from Jock. I loved it tonight. Yeah. Jock was solid all the way around uh, that second quarter to me. Uh, you know, that, that was just impressive uh, for him to be able to just, he has great basket awareness. You know, he catches the ball, not looking at the rim, but he knows where it's at, drops it in there. Gets mad at himself when he misses the little bunny uh, because he probably had PTSD from the Portland game a week ago. Um, you know, so it, it's great to see his energy is infectious. He's just a solid basketball player. Um, I think we're, we're jock. Obviously, he got in trouble tonight with fouls. But I think more importantly, uh, as as we see, because you know what's about to happen. If, if DA misses more than just the week, people are going to, and Jock continues to play at a high level, people are going to start to say, well, maybe DA's expendable. No, 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 no. Time out. Here's the difference. When Jock had to match up with, with some pretty athletic guys, it, he got himself out of position too many times. That's why he picked up those fouls. Um, so he's, he's great as a number two center. And I think that is his premier ro- role. He's a, Perfect six man to me, to be honest. He can fit in with the starters, but he, he you got to be careful with that because his athleticism sometimes gets him in trouble or lack thereof sometimes gets him in trouble uh, defensively. But overall, but, but but he knows that. He knows that. And as the season goes on, he will position himself a little bit better to anticipate those types of things because he's a very smart player. But again, when we're talking about athletic ability, there's, there's quite a difference between D.A. and Jacques we all hope that we see the kind of effort and the motor that Jock has in DA. And when we have seen that DA shows out, but it's sometimes that that motor is, is kind of in a neutral from time to time and um, it needs to get going. And Jock is hey, listen, Jock is, he's, he's really showing out. So DA knows like you better start playing and play hard because this guy's coming too. Yeah. Well, let, let's make Tuesday is going to make it very clear how much you miss DeAndre Ayton, right? And how yeah. uh, how you should not want him to be jettisoned so you can, uh, you know, give Bismack and, and Landell those major minutes because you're playing Cat and Gobert on Tuesday in Minnesota, mm-hmm. and you are going to wind up uh, – it, it's going to be tough. I'm not going to lie. We all know how much I love Jock. I, I think Biz is uh, fantastic as a guy that comes in and and gives you defense and boards, but – that's a tall task for any great center. It'd be a tall task, no pun intended, for DA. I think that's when we'll we'll hear some of that quiet. But I mean, shit, man. I, let's not go there. Let's not hear that. I know I jokingly said it in our chat, but I do not want to hear that as a. As, oh, it's as gonna a happen. You know yeah. how it is. You know I, how it is. People not, will say it. I'm not ready for that conversation whatsoever. But, listen, the next best thing is not always the the next best thing. You know what I mean? And that's that's the thing that I think fans get in trouble with is they start to they they start to think about KD and they're like, oh, well, you know, all the drama that's going on in Brooklyn, maybe he will be available. Maybe we should treat DA because now Jock's playing so well. We got a perfect center to match. No, no, no. Stop. 
not happening. I think the thing we have to remember too is that while this is wonderful to have this from Jock and to have Eric said it in the chat, he he said our center depth is fantastic, and they never thought Suns the Suns would be blessed at that center position. Yes, it's great, it's wonderful. We're all super stoked about it, but Jock is still technically basically a rookie like he's in his second year and it's only been a handful of games we got to give it a little bit more time we are pleasantly surprised and ecstatic about what jock is giving us right now but we can't jump the gun and and put all our eggs into that basket teams will start to get teams will start to game plan around them as well um and so that that'll that'll cause a little bit of a little bit of pause to the momentum to a degree but Again, I have no doubts that Jock can overcome those um, and and play at a high level like he's already shown. Like he's a, he's a very um, he's just a really good teammate. He's just a really good team player. He knows how to play the game, and I, I really enjoy watching him out there uh, because he doesn't really make too many mistakes. Uh, the effort is always there, and fundamentally, he's as sound as they come. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like Jock would be the first guy to say, no, 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 no. I understand how important D.A. is to this team because he he gets it. And he gets that his role is is dominating those second string big men and he's going to play it well. Mm-hmm. And also, Biz ain't the answer. Like, not when you get to the playoffs and they go five out. Yeah, he, He's just like JaVale McGee at that point. Yep. Yeah. Guess what, guys? Gerald's here, but before we bring him in, before we bring him in, Damn, I'm going to tell you guys about more furniture. Yes, that's right. You have to wait for Gerald while I tell you about you more furniture. Some more. Hey, good one. <laughs> because they're having a fall furniture sale and it's happening right now. It's a great opportunity for you guys to spruce up your home. Head on over to morefurniture.com. Plus, right now, you'll receive a $100 gift card for every $1,000 you get. So whether you're looking for furniture for Thanksgiving, like a brand new table, maybe you're looking for a more comfy couch to watch Suns games on, or maybe you're super lucky and you get your own little sports cave and you can deck it out with some of their super awesome lounge chairs that we have in the office. We highly recommend our friends over at More Furniture. Um, And one more time, that's morefurniture.com and you'll receive a $100 gift card for every $1,000 you spend. So... Gerald was here. Hold on. But then he dropped. So I don't know what to do now. I got no, 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 no. Even if Gerald's here, he wasn't going to go because I got to talk about something that is important to me and personal to me and putting a scratch in my pocket. Hey, it's the underdog fantasy app. Uh, I love playing this, right? I love uh, the, the pick them is my favorite. You go higher or lower on certain categories. You put them together. You can get up to 20 times your money. On a bet, if you go five deep on them, and I do it, I, I do it a lot. I have a lot of fun with that. But person, my personal favorite is I'm part of the fantasy show, and you can do fan live fantasy drafts for a single game, and you can do it with uh, as many friends as you want. So we have a three people on the show. It's me, Shane Diefenbach, uh, and Sean DePaz, and we do it live on the show. And two straight weeks, I've kicked their ass in fantasy and won money off of them. Uh, and I love it. So the underdog fantasy app is where you can do that. Use that promo code PHNX and underdog will double your first deposit up to a hundred bucks. Go have some fun and enjoy it. Yeah. It's one of the best ways to play fantasy sports and potentially win a bunch of money. So 
definitely check out Underdog Fantasy. And like Espo said, that's promo code PHNX. So here's the deal. I know you guys are mad at me because I teased Gerald and then read the ads. <laughs> that's because Gerald's having technical difficulties and I didn't want to bring him in and then drop him and then it'd be all awkward. So uh, you can still be mad at me, but I'm sorry. I was just trying to to give. I was trying to buy Gerald some time. Can we? Can we? I got another topic we could talk about before we get to Gerald if he comes back. Yeah, let's do that. Can we talk about a big that's missing in action? Ah, uh, yes. Bring up the graphic. Dario. Oh, Dario! We're missing poster for Dario. Yeah, right. sorry, Dario. He's gone. But if you see him, you can call 281-330-8004. He does have some unique signs if you're looking for him. He has man bun and knees on his or scars on his knees. I mean, yeah. so he, that's how you'll uh, he identify responds him. to Dario or sometimes the homie. And just in case you guys weren't sure, the last he was last seen game one of the 2021 NBA Finals. So if you see him. Call the number on your screen because we are all wondering where he is at. Honestly, you yeah. guys, like if we were going to see Dario, I feel like we would have seen him tonight when Jock and Biz got into foul trouble just to give them a little bit of a break to settle their emotions, maybe game plan a little bit. But we didn't get to see Dario. And I'm, I for one am upset. Well, I told, I, I tried to tell you, hey, when, when, when uh, Jock picked up his fourth foul, I looked. Oh, I looked, and I was like, "All right, who are they bringing in?" Nope, it wasn't. It wasn't nope. Dario. They were like, "Oh, let's just bring somebody else in." It didn't matter. So, hey. uh, listen. I think. I think his time as a Phoenix Sun to me seems like it's it's just about over. Unfortunately, because he's such a nice guy, um, and and the fan base really loved him. He had some great skill sets, um, you know, prior to the injury, but. Um, for whatever reason, uh, it doesn't seem like this coaching staff is really confident in what he can provide at this point. Doesn't mean that it won't happen later on, but it just seems like the writing's on the wall in the moment. Let's stop sugarcoating it. When Tory Craig gets in at center before you, it's over. It's yeah. over. It's the Vince Carter, uh, it's over kind of thing. We're not seeing Dario. We're not unless yeah. unless there's another major injury to a big man, uh, and it's a a complete break glass in case of emergency. The homie is, is done, and I don't say say that with any joy in my heart, but I think it's just true at this point. It sounds like yeah. it. <laughs> we got a couple comments in the chat, and I feel I feel you guys. Like there's been a couple people who have brought up the fact that like if we're just gonna give Dario DNPs. He should be at home with his new baby. Like, if, if you're not even going to play the man, at least give him a break from the team to be able to go spend time with his brand new baby and his family. Like, geez. You're still getting paid. You're still getting paid. I know, but still. You can't have two guys sitting at home doing nothing. Why not? <laughs> You know how bad that looks? <laughs> like, like when they were tanking, they didn't have two guys sitting at home doing nothing. They made them sit on the end of the bench in street clothes. Like, I mean, you can't have well, two guys at home doing some, nothing. Sometimes they were sitting on the bench with, with actual uniforms on. They still weren't doing shit. True. So. 
True. All right. You guys ready to try and bring Gerald in and see if uh, this works? Yes. Let's see. Okay. Welcome, Welcome to Gerald. Gerald, we are talking about Ooh. Dario Saric and the fact that we did not see him tonight, even though Bismack and uh, Jock were in foul trouble. You talked to Monty about this at practice yesterday. What did he kind of share with you? Yeah, it, it was kind of a we'll see situation. It didn't sound like something that he was too optimistic about. He basically just said if the situation calls for it, then maybe. But, it, it, I mean, obviously it didn't come to fruition tonight. When they got in foul trouble, they went with Tory Craig at the five um, for a little bit there. So, I I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't feel good about him being a part of the rotation as of now. I'm not sure if it's just because – he hasn't looked great or that he's still getting back into true playing form. I'm not sure what it is, but I, yeah, even with DA out, it doesn't seem like he's going to get much burn here. Uh, the, the chat uh, and, and I have been sitting there talking and we think that Cam Johnson needs to be traded. <laughs> I couldn't even say that with a straight face. I'm screwed with you, Gerald. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I was going to say that and just be like, just get your reaction. Cause I, I got Horrible poker face. Um, in terms of Cam Johnson, overall performance tonight looked like he he finally to start to find a rhythm. Nineteen points. Um, what was your overall assessment of what you saw out there on the court? Yeah, I think it's one of those things where we get caught up in making reactions or reacting to things in the first half or in the first three quarters, and there's still a whole fourth quarter to go. Because um, he did hit a couple of threes there in the fourth that got his totals to what they were, 19 points, 5 of 11 from 3. I think he started 3 of 9. So it's one of those things where, you know, you knock down a couple of shots and suddenly you look good. But he's doing a lot of the little things as far as defending. He did a really nice job on Jabari Smith Jr. tonight. Um, you know, he, he didn't missed give up that a back, one. He, he didn't give up a backdoor cut tonight. He didn't. <laughs> and, he, he, you know, he missed that one layup, uh, that gimme that he had off that cut. Um, but aside from that, you know, it's one of those things. He's just kind of going through the growing pains of being a full-time starter. Monty talked about it after the press conference. Like it's one thing to be familiar with the starting group and it's another entirely to be playing night in and night out with that group. So he feels comfortable about the groove that he's kind of finding with the starting five. Is it safe to say the campaign is back? I want to believe, I want to say it. (laughs) But he hurt me so bad last year, Gerald. Can I, can I say it yet? I, I think you're, we're getting close. Obviously, it's only been, what is this, five, six games? Six games. So I, I think we need a little bit more of a sample size. But the good news is, like, it wasn't like last year he had a great year and then in the playoffs he totally trailed off. He was kind of bad all last <laughs> season. So And the year before, he was great all of the season, and that carried over for the most part into the playoffs. So – I do think if we see him bounce back, it's something that can last. And it's not, it's not one of those things where, like, the bench disappeared last year. He was one of the guys that just was having trouble all season long. So if he continues to play like this, give it another five or ten games, and I'll say he's back. Gerald, there's a couple of things going on right now that you should know mm-hmm. about. Number one, yeah. there's a conspiracy theory that you have purposely angled this uh, camera so we couldn't uh, see what was going on behind you. And number two... No. Everybody's saying that now you're trying to give everybody a POV as if they were kneeling to the girth lord, no. or, or more accurately, I'm Anthony Totri trying to talk to you, <laughs> looking at. 
<laughs> oh, that's tough. Totri takes. Now that would have to be much lower in that case. <laughs> why uh, does no. Totri take so many strays? On because this show? fuck Totri. That's why. That's why. So yeah. the angle is uh, my hurried frustration in setting this up. I'm doing this from my phone, which I normally do from my laptop, but the Wi-Fi was terrible over there, so I had to set up in a random place. And my laptop is very precariously placed on this guardrail. And it's holding up my phone, so I don't want it to fall. See, I told you guys I wasn't lying. I wasn't yeah. lying. I didn't mean to tease you and then give you an ad read, I swear. No, it's, Nobody it's, thought you were lying, Lindsay. It's it's all lies. Gerald just doesn't want us to see what he's wearing to Booker's birthday party. Uh, he, oh, he's got them yeah. clipping clothes on. So he's like, let's go high. He's got those leather pants on right, right? now. I All right, Gerald, we haven't <laughs> talked about this subject from the game yet, but I know Saul probably has thoughts on this as well. But let's talk about the three-point shooting from the Suns tonight. So they were 12 of 40 tonight, 30% from deep. Not great, Bob. Not great. Did no. the players or Monty mention that at all post-game to you? Yeah, so I actually asked Monty about what he thought of the offensive balance. They got up 43s. They only made 12 which is a terrible percentage, obviously, but it's one of those things where they were taking what the defense gave them. Monty and Book both kind of agreed. Like, the defense was very porous as far as driving lanes, and that opened up a lot of open threes. They just didn't make them tonight. Um, and, and he really liked the fact that, obviously, they were able to counter that with super efficient shooting inside the arc. Uh, they shot 33 of 44, which is 75% on all twos. That's really impressive, especially for a team, you know, Book and and – CP3 being able to get so many mid-range shots to shoot 75% on twos, you'll definitely take that. Um, and it's kind of what covered for their poor three-point shooting. But Monty and Book were both saying, like, look, it was a matter of taking what the defense gave us. We felt we read the defense pretty well. Um, just got to make more open looks next time. Uh, in person, does it look like Book's taking it to another level? It seems like 30 points is just is easy. It doesn't really uh, take much for him right now. Yeah, and, and it's kind of strange that that's become the new norm. I think we all have always known he's a great scorer, but it, it seems like it's more, I don't want to say predictable or expected, but it's just more natural for him to be at 30 points than under, which is kind of weird. Um, but yeah, he's, we asked him about that, and he said he doesn't feel like he's in his prime. He like doesn't think about it that way, um, but he continues to just – he always goes back to this line about pursuing perfection and that, no one will ever master this game. So for him, it's that pursuit that he's focused on, just honing his craft year in and year out. And he's one of the rare guys that you can look at across this league and say, yeah, he's gotten better at X, Y, and Z each and every year that he's been in the league. Are you concerned? I, I, I'm not going to keep going back to the Chris Paul's wash thing or anything like that, but mm. shooting-wise, mm. not great, Bob. You know what I mean? No. like. He's shooting 23% from three-point range. And, our, I mean, in really one game, he had a, a good shooting game, which was against the Warriors, four out of five. But outside of that, he really hasn't made shit. Um, and then shooting percentage-wise, just overall field goal percentage, you know, the mid-range, you know, taking it to the basket, things of that nature, you know, hallmarks of his game uh, is kind of suspect as well. He's shooting 34% from the field. When do we say we're worried about Chris Paul's shooting? I would say probably like 20 games in, I would give it more time. I, I think the numbers are bad, obviously, and, and it's been a small sample size. So that kind of skews because like when he shot four or five against, I think it was the Warriors from three that mm -hmm. like jacked up his three point percentage after the first three games. Yeah, where he wasn't it, ja great. It, 
ejected up from like three percent to twenty three percent. That's still a, that's a twenty percent increase. That's still a lot. But um, no, I I I think there's something to that adjustment. Hey. <laughs> I don't even know who that was. Who was that? I think that was was that our ASU guy. That's fantastic. That was, was, that, was that Josh Christopher? I got I it. Tell. Oh. Um, but anyways, <laughs> oh. Uh, that was totally unprompted too, but um, no, I, I think about twenty games is where I'd be worried. I think it's still being been an adjustment for him getting used to so many catch and shoot looks. It's why before games we see him warming up out here, which we never really saw his first two years, uh, getting a lot of catch and shoot looks up. I think that's an adjustment, and I think he just hasn't really shot well to start the season. If that continues past twenty games, then maybe it's like okay, that might be concerning. But I, I do think it's a matter of like adjusting expectations as far as like cam mikhail da these are the guys that are going to be picking up that slack on the scoring front this year gerald quick question uh, if i text you right now will your phone fall off of where it it's possible it's getting a couple of buzzes and each buzz like brings it close uh, hold on oh, no. <laughs> oh, Jesus. all right well while espo texts you i have one final question for you gerald um just about mikhail bridges and kind of his growth this year. He had 15 points tonight, five rebounds, a block, and an assist. I know that his name was brought up post-game, and you want to, I want you to share what they uh, all talked about. Yeah, so the big thing with Mikhail, I mean, obviously there's the offensive consistency. That's something that they're striving for. Oh, dear God, we almost tipped over. Uh, but I think, I think with Mikhail, the big thing that kind of stood out from tonight's game is how they've used him a little bit more often this year as a screener and kind of used his ability to finish plays or make the right pass out of the short roll. Uh, we talk about that a lot with DA and Jock and their ability to make plays. And that's somewhere where DA has grown and needs to continue to grow. But with Mikhail, he's able to kind of put the ball on the floor a little bit more comfortably finish. He had that one nice dunk, uh, I think over one or two rockets late in the game and find shooters on the backside that Monty always talks about. So this is something that Monty said, like, we want to grow this environment. We want to take more bites out of the apple by putting these guys in these different scenarios. And that's just another example of what they're trying to do to kind of diversify things for Mikhail and Cam. Um, and I talked to Mikhail in the locker room about it. And he was saying, like, yeah, obviously, if you handle the ball a little bit more when you're put in those situations that you're not normally in, it helps just having the ball in your hands more and, and feeling more comfortable with that type of stuff. So. I think it's something where we'll see a lot of growth from him, from Cam, from whoever else they decide to use in those short screen and rolls. Uh, Girth, before we let you go, uh, how was your Jedi fighting skills <laughs> for Halloween? You know, you know what's funny is we went to a Halloween party with about 20 people and another couple showed up as the exact same thing that – Oh. my fiance and I were. I, I saw that. Better? Your, oh, no, no. Yes. I saw this on yes. the Instagram, and guess what these two did? <laughs> what they we went do? full on nerd and started yeah. sword fighting. <laughs> <laughs> there can only be one. There can only be one. You guys let Gerald have his fun. Um, Eli did ask us if we were dressing up for tomorrow's show. We are not going to be having a show tomorrow. Um, we're going to take some time and have a good Halloween, but we will have a show on Tuesday, pregame and postgame. And I just want to say, Espo did bring it up last week that we should dress up on Friday or Sunday. And Saul and I kind of just 
didn't respond. So finger. we dropped the ball and I apologize. That's sad. Uh, you're also lying to the people. There is a show tomorrow. Uh, it's just going to be, oh, we lost Gerald. All right, then. Okay, well. <laughs> Bye, Gerald. Uh, it's just going to be, I, I did an interview with the, the man who uh, uh, is writing a biography on one Charles Barkley and got a chance oh. to sit down with him. So we'll drop that tomorrow as a special interview episode nice. that you can listen to. Nice. I didn't know that. Audio. That's exciting. Uh, so make yeah, sure... likes to keep secrets. He doesn't he like does. to tell people what he's working yeah. on. So make sure in order to hear that, because it's an audio only, that you subscribe wherever you get your podcast to the PHNX Suns show. Also, make sure you leave us a five-star review. Gerald, anything else from tonight's game that stood out to you? No, and I'm sorry I dipped out there, but Totri literally called me, so Saul, <laughs> apparently his ears were burning. <laughs> Wow. He Why is he calling you in the middle of a show? Oh my gosh. He he throws strays my way all the time. He literally is in our chat right now and said, I took Girth, your next bookman. So <laughs> I'm just saying. Kneel before Girth. <laughs> Oh, well, thank you so much, Gerald. We appreciate all the hard work you do and for uh, giving us all the info from the players and coach tonight. Happy to do it. You guys have a good one. Enjoy books party. (laughs) All right, Espo. I'm, I'm really sorry. So Sly sent us a super chat like 35 minutes ago. So sorry, Sly, (laughs) that I'm just now getting to it, but he sent you a super chat and said, whisper with the drool face emoji. So it is official. You said you would do the ASMR version of your thing. If we got a super chat and we did, thanks to Sly. So the floor is yours. The Phoenix Suns are the best team in the NBA. Suck it, Houston. Suck it, NASA. Suck it, Astros. <laughs> You guys asked for it. Oh, God. Don't ever whisper that shit again. Oh, that was terrible. I love you, Bookman. Oh, God. I'm just going to throw up so hard. (laughs) That was funny. Right right in those headphones Uh, you have, so. See, I felt like I needed to save that super chat for later in the show, just in case it went south and, uh. You know, we had some issues with the, everyone wanting to just automatically throw up or leave the show. So my wife, my wife just trolls me and everything. She says hashtag doesn't know how to whisper. I love I how she puts. I love how she puts you on blast for all this. Show. I know Tracy's so funny. She's like the the best like uh, sixth member of our show. <laughs> I love it. All right, guys. Um, is there anything else from tonight's game that stood out to you that you would like to discuss? Uh, yeah, the fact that we don't have to play Houston on Tuesday. We actually get to play a good team. That's it. Yeah. I mean, that'll be an interesting game to watch, especially without DA, like you guys mentioned earlier. Also, the other thing is, is we still have a few tickets left for our takeover on Friday, this Friday against Dame and those pesky trailblazers. Buy a ticket. Come hang with us. 75 mm-hmm. bucks gets you a ticket to the game, and it gets you free food, and it gets you freaking beer. Let's go. And I promise I won't whisper in your ear. So. <laughs> I don't know. $85, I don't know. and maybe he will. Um, Nin- so, $95. <laughs> uh, since I'm in the business of teasing things, I'm going to tell you guys my final thought on tonight's game after 
I tell you guys about OGs. So OGs, one of our favorite partners, they've got awesome products and they just launched their brand new sleep edition gummy. And these things are fantastic. If you need a good night's rest, they are a two to one THC CBN ratio gummy. And CBN is the compound that helps specifically with falling and staying asleep. And it's in their new Aquaberry flavor, which tastes so delightful. So if you have not tried them, we highly recommend you check out OG's online at ogsbrands.com. You can find them on Instagram at ogsbrands, or you can find them at your local dispensary, but you do have to be 21 years or older. Um, and we ask that you uh, enjoy OG's responsibly as well. So the last thing I have today is I just want to throw a little bit more shade because y'all know me. Uh, our homies over at DNV DNVR were talking trash about Book the other day when him and Clay got into that little kerfuffle. And mm -hmm. I was in their chat giving them a little bit of grief. Mm -hmm. um, it's all it's all love here, but yeah, 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 yeah. Denver lost to the Lakers tonight, y'all. Yep, one ten to one twenty one. So this is me just throwing some shade to our homies over at DNVR. WTF is happening over there. May, may I throw some additional shade that way? Of course. They got Westbrook. Oh. Our, our, our friend Adam Mares, the head of the DNVR Nuggets show, tweeted, quote, Nuggets will be pretty damn good whenever Murray gets fully back. Oh. We've, we've only gotten little pockets of flurries from him so far this season, but you can envision how hard those main lineup combos will be to guard once he's his old self. So we've gone from, if only we had Jamal Murray to... If only Jamal Murray was the same guy that we had a few years ago, even though he's been injured for a year and a half, then when that happens, the West will be on notice. So, so there you go. Whoops. There's well, always an if. If ifs and buts were candy and nuts, then every day would be Christmas. Yep. Ain't that the truth. All right. Well, thank you all for tuning in. Uh, shout out to Tracy for the compliment. Thank you. And everyone else who complimented my hair today. I appreciate it to you guys. I just had to say that. What did um, they say about your hair? They really like my hair today and then they feel really special i don't know apparently it looks good and i'm that makes me happy because i love this hairstyle so i'm glad that you guys do too um thank you guys fact, for tuning it in. always looks like that under the beanie she just doesn't let you know <laughs> it does it just sits right on top <laughs> we will see you on tuesday for a pregame show at 6 30 p.m and then of course a postgame show once that game wraps up we hope you guys have a happy Halloween. Make sure you stay safe out there and dress a little bit warm since it's getting cold out. Until then, you can follow me on Twitter at LindsaySmithAZ. You can follow Gerald at Gerald Borgay. You can follow Saul at Saul underscore Bookman. And of course, you can follow Espo at Espo. Espo, take us home. We love each and every one of you. Ahoy, ahoy. <laughs>